0: Well, welcome back, everyone. As I promised probably two episodes ago and then hid behind one, I said I would just do an episode that was update on me. And I will admit it's been really hard to put down my thoughts and put something together because I knew it was time to be Roar and Real and me. And you'll notice on this episode that we've put no commercials and no rah-rah Swiss or rah, rah, nothing. It's just the, the me part talking, really talking to me. I decided I was going to make this episode for myself because when I started the 3D Lila project, I started this for multiple reasons. One, to... Help me get back on track. Two, to inspire you guys and help you guys figure out how your Lila journey was going to manifest. And then third, because I am incredibly curious about fitness, technology, and all of that good sort of stuff. The good news is it sounds like I've been inspiring you. And My ability to talk to some of the most fascinating people and have something really interesting and fun to talk about has been positive beyond my expectations. I mean, getting to go to TED is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Where I haven't done quite so well is on this journey for myself. And when it all comes down to everything, this was always about me and my journey and what I needed to do for myself. And so I, I am going to start doing audio letters to myself to remind myself about what I'm doing so that I don't hide behind the episodes so that I don't hide behind Lila. And I'm hoping to use this as a tool for me to remind myself why I'm doing it and what I'm doing. So that's my little blurb introduction. The rest of this episode is a letter from 3D Lila to me dear Joanna we've had this conversation before you know that one when you're out running that one that you've had hundreds and hundreds of times on the Embarcadero in Golden Gate Park when you're out on the trails that one that says oh this feels good this is amazing. I wonder if I could run faster. God, this hill is hard. If I weighed 20 pounds less, how much easier would it be? It's a conversation every single time that ends with, well, at the end of this run, I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be perfect about working out and I'm going to do a training session tonight and I'm going to make sure I run every day because I always feel really great when I do it. And I also tell myself that I will eat no sugar and I'll cut out dairy and all of those things that I know that I need to do to get the weight off. I know what I need to do to get the weight off. Well, you tell yourself that. You tell yourself how much easier everything would be without those extra pounds. And good God... You are really, really good at math when you're out running. You've managed to factor based on weight, your speed, and how much you would speed up if you lost 10 pounds, how much you need to lose to hit a sub-five-hour marathon, and how many 10-pound increments and how fast you need to go. So we're talking about 60-second clock, 26.2 miles with pound calculations and none of this (laughs) makes for easy math and yet while you're out running you are really good at it it's shocking the skills that you can build when you're trying to lose weight and then what happens when you get home well be real because you remember what happened when you had this same conversation this conversation you've had with yourself so many times and you came back to the house and you went okay so I'm gonna have a little lunch and while I do that I want to watch a little tv and then you got tired and then you were like oh I'm gonna lay down on the couch and then you took a nap you took a nap after your run that did that not seem incongruous to you just a little bit and then after your nap what happened well the tv is on already I might as well keep watching it Let me channel surf. Oh, I have the munchies. Well, I already napped today and kind of blew that run in my really good morning. So let's start eating. Ah, and the cycle begins again. And then you go out running today, and the next day, and the next day, and it keeps happening. Isn't there some phrase or something that somebody who does the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is insane? Are you insane? You're not! You can do high-level math while running through trails and not falling on your butt. That is not the definition of insanity, but what you're doing is. So we've beaten ourselves up as many times as we've done those runs, as many times as we've said, tomorrow I will be better. So I want to break it down to the basics and have a little conversation about what you've done before and why did it work? And have a little think about everything that was involved in them. Because just a reminder, you're really, really, really good at losing weight. I actually don't know anybody who's quite as good as you are at losing weight, especially once you set your mind to it. Remember, math girl, you have probably lost somewhere to the tune of 300 pounds if you actually added up everything that you've done. Remember that. Who on the planet can say they've lost 300 plus pounds? I'm not sure there's anybody. So losing weight, not your problem. So let's talk about what happened when it did work. Well, you remember the Hawaii story, the one you tell to everybody, the one where you sat on the beach with Randall, far down the beach, basically telling yourself you were an idiot. An idiot for letting your weight get in the way of the life that you wanted to live. An idiot that knew that if I didn't get a hold of this, that this guy who was the best thing that had happened to you in a really long time was going to get tired of waiting. And you knew that While you were still in rose-colored glasses phase, there would be a point in which he didn't think the whole thing was so lovely and funny, and, and might it come to an end? My why then was about keeping my relationship, although in retrospect, it was never really about that. And by focusing on getting my weight off, built a better relationship with Randall because he realized that I was as tough as nails and I was strict and I weighed myself and improvement to me was as much that number on the scale as it was about going from walking to running to be able to do some of the wackadoo moves that Joanna Fassel made you do on the Pilates equipment. It was about continuous improvement for you then. And then you gained it back. And then there was the wedding story. And I remember the conversation you had with your head then where you said, there's going to be photographs. The classic bridal story of... You want to, don't you want to wear that dress? Don't you want to wear the dress you always hoped you would wear? Well, that did maintain for quite a long time. So strictly, I think, at one point that you actually ended up fainting on a set of stairs because you hadn't been eating things. And yes, I saw an improvement. And yes, when I bought that very beautiful, very expensive dress, a little bit on the small side, did it really push you to fit into it? Absolutely. It wasn't a different improvement this time. It was about getting into the dress. But there is no dress as specific as that one, is there? Can you think of one for your future? I don't know. And then there was the surgery story, the one that you haven't told on here because you're scared of being judged. Well, the surgery story was really easy. The reality is, is you couldn't actually eat on that one. You knew at the beginning that if you cheated, you could actually get really sick and die. You knew that if you ate too much, well, the results of that would be quite disgusting That surgery story still lasts today. And I'm still grateful and appreciative of doing it. But you know that it wasn't a magic pill. But you also know that it stopped you from gaining more back than you ever thought you should. That one wasn't about improvement. That one was about fear. And I'd say that one really didn't work. So, none of those seem to be super positive, why-are-you-doing-it-long-term, life-changing stories. So, if they didn't work or they didn't maintain, although the idea of having something compelling of it's a why did, let's have a conversation about what did work. I want to actually go back to that original promise the original promise to run a marathon and lose a hundred pounds. Well, technically, yes, you've done it. Tick those boxes and you have, you've run multiple marathons. And as you said before, technically you've lost 300 pounds. But we know that this is kind of a half promise. Crossing the finish line was not really what about running the marathon was all about for you, was it? No, you wanted to be considered an athlete. And athletes didn't take six hours to run marathons. And yes, lots of other people can go, oh, but that's amazing, you're great, da 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 da. da. But it's not about the story that they're telling. It's about the story you're telling in your own head. And in your own head it says you need to have a 4 something marathon time. Even if it's four fifty-nine point nine to be able to consider yourself an athlete. So is it about finishing one of those marathons? And the hundred pounds, man, you've gotten close. You've gotten within a 10 pound range, 10 pounds. And boy, do you remember those pictures of what you looked like when you were that close? But it still hasn't happened either. So I know in your heart, you still think you've failed. You still think you haven't succeeded. The question I have for you is, do you think you can ever do it? It's funny, isn't it? That in your career, the thing you're known for is being a chief belief officer. Being that person who believes in someone so much that they actually get the courage to do the thing that scares them most. Are you your own chief belief officer? And that question you ask to almost every single person, what does spectacular success look like? And you notice how they flinch and how they squirm. And you ask the gentler question, are you more afraid of that than you are of failure? That's a reason why you ask this question, Joanna. The reason you ask it is because you know it and feel it in your own bones. Spectacular success is running that marathon in the time that you said. Spectacular success is hitting that number on the scale that you said 13 years ago, almost to the day. And yes, I am absolutely afraid. Of spectacular success because wow you're pretty good at this failing thing it's safe it's easy but that's where the magic part is isn't it at the beginning of this we talked about none of the easy stuff when you talk about running the marathons when you talk about everything, you actually talk about the hard stuff. Because marathons aren't easy. Think about those moments that you talk about when running the marathon. Think about those moments that you remember most. Because you don't remember crossing the finish line. You remember the chocolate mile on the San Francisco Marathon. That first mile coming around like Merced There were no people. There were cars honking and annoyed that runners were in their way. It was hot. It was late in the day. It was high up in the high teens or low 20s on mileage. You had no idea. All you knew is it was still another hour or so before you were finishing, and you had to run down that great highway, and you hurt. Hurt so much that you started walking. And still hurt so much that you stood still for a minute. I could probably go around like Merced and stand in the very spot that you stood that day. Thinking everything hurts. And this is hard. And I want to throw up. And I don't want to finish. I just want to lie down. But you didn't, did you? You said, well... If I lie down, I'll never get up, and that's that's just not an option. If I lie down, I won't get through this hard bit. So I started running again through the hurt, through the pain, and yeah, eventually I finished. But that wasn't the only time you had a hard bit. Do you remember the London Marathon and the blue line? There's a blue line they paint on the course of the London Marathon. It's for (laughs) the elite athletes to follow so that they run exactly 26.2 miles. Again, I can see the road visibly so clearly in my head. I can see that line I could probably go into a paint store and pick out the Pantone color for you. The blue line on the street. I know I joke with people when I talk about the London Marathon and talk about this moment when I say that if you had come up to me and asked my name, I would have said blue line. (laughs) Maybe I should have called this podcast blue line as opposed to 3D Lila. But it was that blue line that I focus on to get through the hard bit then, get through the fact that you had diarrhea and your stomach was churning and your feet hurt and it was wet and it was cold and you just wanted to be done. But that's the moment you remember. Isn't it interesting that when you talk about those races, it's about overcoming the hard bits. It's not about crossing the finish line. I also want to talk about your eating and those races. Because the hard bits were harder than because you were alone. Think about where you were in both courses. They were the pockets of the course that were not at the beginning or towards the end where the crowds are. They're those quiet, lonely, focused sessions where no one around you wants to speak and you don't even see them. And that's when you push through. And you know that your eating thing is about when you're not seen. So maybe you need to tap into whatever that is, whatever that blue line moment is, to work through the hard bits. Because you're not really worried about anyone watching you during the hard parts of the race, are you? So maybe this time your why isn't what you think it is. Your why is not because you want to have those pretty clothes that you see in the catalogs. Your why is that you don't actually care how people judge you because you're fat. Your why isn't because you want to finish a marathon in the last five hours because then it's a real marathon. Your why isn't because you feel like a failure with friends and family when you show up fat again and your why isn't become of because of some race coming up or a speaking engagement. Maybe your why is because of the blue line. You know, like you knew when you followed the blue line that finishing wasn't the only option. You believed you could do it. Oh, and yes, this is really, really hard bit. You want to walk. You want to stop. You want to lie down. But you really don't. Just say to yourself, blue line, because you know this hard part will end. You'll get your second wind and you'll finish. And it's this blue line moment that will allow you to finish this race. Even though it is a little never ending. So let's try this as a why, okay? And if you forget, listen to me. Again and again, if you have to. When you have the munchies, listen to the blue line. When you don't want to do a workout, listen to the blue line. And when you feel like you failed, listen to the blue line. Because the blue line will be the thing in the future that you hold in your heart. That moment. when you know you had the strength to get through this and those blue mind moments are the moments that you remember because they made you who you are they're going to remind you to believe in you because you're your own chief belief officer and remember Lila always loves you